Hey, Grace Way Nation, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited that you could be with us. If it is your first time watching, jump onto the comment section. Let us know where you're watching from. If it's your first, second, third, fourth, fifth, 15th, 20th time, we don't care. Let us know who you are and where you're watching from. We would love to engage with you. Hey, if you haven't heard, as a church, our theme for the year is the year of the Holy Spirit, and I'm so excited about it. And what I want to challenge you with is that every year we gather around as a church around a theme, and what that does, it challenges us. It anchors us. It helps us to believe God to do something significant in our lives. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you've gone into the new year. You don't have a sense of direction or leading. It's 45 days in and you're like, Seth, I don't have a theme. Join us as we journey to understand how we can not rely solely on our strength, our own abilities, our own education, our talents, our financial resources, but fully on the power of the Holy Spirit. So join us and learn how you can grow in this area of your life. In fact, go back on our previous messages, binge watch them like you do Netflix and participate so that you can see some transformation in your life. The level of your participation is the level of the transformation that you'll see in your life. And you might be saying, Seth, how do I participate? You watch the messages. You read your Bible and pray. You apply what you're learning in those messages. You find a small group, a community, a connect group, a church in your local area. You join us as Graceway Church and you take those steps towards seeing how God can transform you to becoming the person that he created you to be. And I want to give you just a quick recap of the messages that we've been sharing. Three weeks ago, Pastor M taught us how to become trailblazers with the Holy Spirit. It was an inspiring message. The next week, I preached and talked about how we can develop and grow our relationship with the Holy Spirit by knowing, growing, and going. And last week, our senior pastor, Pastor Gordon Zalo, preached an incredible message about how we shouldn't hold back when it comes to our prayer life. And today, I am so excited to be getting into God's Word with you. Would you turn with me to Isaiah 54, verse 2 to 3? It says, the following. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Would you type in the comment section, be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Title my message today, the blog. Type in the comment sections, I'm about to blow up. Send that text message to a friend and say, listen, I'm about to blow up. You should learn how you can blow up in the things of God. Have you ever gone camping? Have you ever just decided, hey, listen, let's go camping. Maybe it was a group of friends and you decided, hey, we're going to go camping. So early on in my marriage with my wife, we decided to be adventurous. We're like, hey, listen, let's just go camping for the weekend. And so we decided to go camping and we started to prepare and realized, hey, we don't have a tent. But luckily, my in-laws, my wife's family had a tent. So we borrowed their tent and outdoor chairs and tables. We were so excited. And we had a cooler box and put food in there. We had a blow-up mattress, which we packed. And we got everything into our car and left to the campsite, which was two and a half hours away. When we got to the campsite, everyone was looking at us. Nonetheless, they were gracious and loving. In fact, they helped us with some of the things we needed to do. And we got there. We started the difficult task of putting the tent together. And I must say, if you are in any relationship, right, before you get married, just build a tent together. All right, just build a tent. It will help you grow your communication skills. It will help you be more patient with your partner. And for us, by God's grace, my wife had built a tent. So it took, she says, 30 minutes but to me, it felt like maybe 45 to 
went out and we built the tent and no one, no one died. Everyone was happy. And we were so excited to enjoy our tent uh, vacation, be out in the outdoors and, and just get outside of our comfort zone. And as nighttime drew closer, I started looking for a mattress, the blow up mattress. And I quickly realized I may have forgotten this. So I came to my wife, I was like, hey, love, listen, they actually say that the best type of sleep is when you don't sleep on a mattress, especially if you're outdoors, it actually straightens your back. What I was trying to do is console my wife because I'd forgotten a key ingredient in this adventure. But we were outside of our comfort zones. Well, for me, particularly, because I camping is something new to me. And I want to challenge you with this thought that growth only takes place outside of your comfort zone. You can only truly go when you step outside of your comfort zone. Isaiah 54 verse 2 to 3 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. This was the prophet Isaiah speaking to the people of Israel. And he was telling them to enlarge the place of their tent. This was a prophetic word that he was giving them. And what you must understand is that a tent was a familiar commodity for the people of Israel. They were very familiar with tents. They had spent generations living and building tents. They would move from place to place and they would erect these tents to live in. And God wants us to see in the text that he is using the tent as an illustration of the nature of life. Your life is like a tent. And what does that mean? It means your physical life is like a tent. Your life is fragile. Your life is fleeting. Your life is temporary and momentary. And culture has really pushed this narrative that we will be on this earth forever. Culture also pushes this narrative that you should just get an education, get married, get 2.3 kids, live in a two and a half bedroom house, work for 40 years of your life, and then retire at the beach. And as a result of that, we begin to just live a mundane life. We just go through the motions of life. And some of us, as a result of this culture pull of thinking that we can live on earth forever, we decide, you know what, I'm just going to focus on saving so much money. And what that helps us feel like is that we're secure and that we're in more control of life. We protect ourselves from ever thinking about the idea that this life is really fragile, that it is temporary. And I want to challenge you today that you were made for more. You were made for more than the mundane. You were made with a purpose and intent. God has a specific plan and purpose for your life here on earth. God has so much bigger plan for you. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For he has the plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can think, ask or imagine. And I'm here to challenge you with this reality that we're not here for a long time. And so we need to consider what we do on earth with our lives. We need to be awoken from the fact of this continuous cycle of binge watching TV and Netflix shows, which I do. And this word is challenging me today. We need to move from the mundane, the hustle, the grind, and understand that we have a bigger purpose on this earth. You were made for more than just living from paycheck to paycheck, chasing the next weekend thrill, just living this life of just going out with your friends and just staying in a mundane state. God has so much bigger for you. And you've got to see that this thing, this life that we have is temporary and that you better use it for something bigger. 
And this verse is not just about the physical state, but it is also about our mental state. When God says, you are a tent, he's also making reference to your mental state. Your thoughts and perspectives are like a tent. Your perspectives can grow, they can expand, or they can collapse. And I keep saying this, what you need to understand, that God has a plan and purpose for your life. And I want to challenge you with this thought, what you focus on grows. If you're going through life and you face a challenge, a situation at work, maybe you're worried about finances, as you begin to worry about that issue, it begins to grow and God begins to become small in your life because what you focus on grows. So what we've got to continuously do is renew our mind and not allow circumstances, the issues of this life, just grinding and hustling. We shouldn't allow these things to dictate our perspective of the outcome of life. We shouldn't allow those things to become so much bigger in our life and God to become smaller. But instead, we need to allow God's word, which is found in the Bible, to shape our perspective of who God is and begin to live our lives in that reality. And this happens by renewing our mind. And renewing our mind is by reading God's word. I love what Romans 12 verse 2 says. It says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind. Focusing. Remember I said what you focus on grows. It says here, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. As you renew your mind by reading God's word, God begins to reveal his plan and purpose for your life. If you need provision in your life, don't focus on your lack. Focus on your heavenly Father who is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. If you are unwell, don't focus on the negative report that you get from the doctor. Focus on your heavenly Father who is Jehovah Rapha, your healer. What you focus on grows. And the challenge is, is that if we approach God with an incorrect perspective of who he is, we may miss the miracles that God has intended for our lives. If we approach God with limited thinking, with small thinking, with a limited perspective of who he is, we may miss the miracles that he has for our lives. In the book of Mark, there's a biblical account of Jesus where he is on a ministry tour and he goes to his hometown, which is Nazareth, where he grew up. And Jesus was going from town to town preaching the gospel and healing the sick. So he decides to go to his hometown where his family is, where his friends are. And he goes there and he gets into the synagogue and he begins to preach and teach and heal people. And people, as they're hearing him speak, they're astounded and astonished at how he could preach with such authority and how he was able to heal people. But then something happens. They recognize him and they say the following. They say, is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not Mary's son? 
And the Bible says in Mark, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. You see, they had failed to see Jesus as the Messiah. They had put Jesus in a box. They had limited their perspective of who he was. They had seen him as the carpenter's son, but he had reintroduced himself to them as the Messiah. And so they had limited perspective. They limited who Jesus was. They made him an ordinary man. And as a result of that, they missed the miracles that Jesus had intended for their life. And my question to you today, could you be missing the fullness of what God has for you based on your limited perspectives of what's possible? These individuals saw him as the carpenter's son, as Mary's son. They saw him as ordinary. They put him in a box. They put him at the same level as they were. And the Bible says he could not, not that he would not, but he could not do any miracles there. And I believe Jesus had intended to do something amazing in their life. But because of their limited view of Jesus, they missed the miracles, the full extent of what he had planned to do in their lives. Have you hindered the miracles of God in your life based on your limited view, your limited perspective of what is possible with God. I love Luke 18 verse 27. Jesus says this. He says, but he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And I wonder if that day while Jesus was in Nazareth in the synagogue, a man or a woman heard that Jesus was coming to town. And maybe they were hurting in their body. Maybe they needed to be healed. And they heard through the grapevine, through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, that Jesus had healed a blind man and he was able to see. That Jesus had healed a lame man who couldn't walk and he was able to walk. So they came to the synagogue with an expectation that they would be healed. And as they were sitting there, and as people began to recognize him and tweet, Hey, Jesus, he's actually the carpenter's son. Their expectations began to be lowered down. Based not on their limited view, but based on other people's experiences. Based on other people's limited perspectives of who Jesus was. And I'm asking you this question. Could you be missing your miracle? Not based on your limited perspectives, but based on the limited perspectives that you have listened to of other people's. The limited perspectives and the limitations that people have placed on you. The limited perspectives and experiences that people have had with God. And you listen to that instead of forming your own perspectives. And you've missed the miracle because you have listened to the opinions, the concerns, the experiences of others. And it has lowered your expectation of what God can do in your life. My challenge to you today is not to allow the perspectives and opinions of others to hinder you from the miracles, the plans and the purposes God has for your life. Expand your tent. Don't limit what God can do in and through your life. Abraham, we know him as Father Abraham. And before he became Father Abraham, the father of many nations, God tells Abraham that he will be the father of many nations. 
But Abraham has this discourse and this discussion with God. He says to God, hey, listen, I am old. My wife Sarah is old. How is this going to happen? So he has this back and forth with God. He wrestles with God. And in Genesis 15 verse 5, it says the following. And the Lord brought Abraham outside his tent into the night and said, look now toward the heavens and count the stars. If you're able to count them, then he said to him, so numerous shall your descendants be. Then Abraham believed in, affirmed, trusted in, relied on, remained steadfast to the Lord and he counted, credited to him as righteousness, doing right in regard to God and man. Then Abraham believed, affirmed, trusted in, relied on, remained steadfast to the Lord, and he counted credited to him as righteousness, doing right in regard to God and man. God brings Abraham out of his tent, out of his limited perspective, out of his narrow thinking, out of his small thinking, and he shows him a bigger promise of what he had in store for him. God showed Abraham that he had a bigger purpose and plan, and I believe this was the turning point for Abraham's life. I believe Abraham caught the vision that God had for him. That he had exceedingly, abundantly, above all he can think, ask, or imagine, planned for Abraham. God had more for Abraham. His perspective was changed. His thinking was changed. His mindset was shifted. His limitation of what God could do was changed. But he had to get out of the tent. He had to get out of his limited perspective, his small thinking. And I want to tell somebody today, get out of your tent. I don't know who you are, but God is telling me to tell you, you need to get out of your tent. Get out of your tent of your limited perspective. Get out of your small thinking. Get out of your limitations that you've placed on yourself. Get out of the tent of the limitations that people have placed over you. Get out of your small thinking. Get out of the limitations that you've placed on yourself. Get out of the tent of the limitations people have placed on you. Get out of your past hurt. Get out of your disappointments. Get out of your past failures. Get out of your loss. Get out of your pride and self-sufficiency. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your fear. God is inviting you today to get out of your tent. And listen, we all have a tent. A tent is anything that you build that limits your perspective of what God can do. A tent could be your comfort zone. A tent could be a dysfunction that you have become comfortable with, such as fear, pride, anger, jealousy, self-sufficiency, self-reliance. A tent could be friends that you hang out with that keep pulling you away from what God has called you to do. And I believe today God is inviting you to get out of whatever tent that you might find yourself in, for him to give you a picture, a vision, of what he has in store for you and what he can do in and through your life, that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can think, ask, or imagine, that he can restore, that he can heal, that he can give you strength, that he can give you wisdom, that he can be your comforter, that he can lead and direct you. But you need to get out of your tent. Get out of your tent. Type in the comment section, get out of your tent. And what you also need to get is a picture of who God is. 
The reason that we limit God is because we have an incorrect picture of who He is. And the Bible says in Isaiah 40 verse 12, it says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of His hand, measured heaven with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in balance. He measures the waters, the seas, everything here on earth in his hand and he measures the galaxy, the entire universe. And he says, this is the galaxy in the span of his hand. Isaiah 40, 21 to 22 says the following, Do you not know? Have you not heard? It has been told you from the beginning. Have you not understood that since the earth was founded, he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. Wow. I love that. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. God stretches out the heavens like a tent. The way God, <laughs> the way God sees a tent is the vastness of the heavens. And what you need to understand is that God's tent is bigger. God has the whole world in his hand. His resources are endless. His perspective is bigger. So there's nothing too big, nothing too difficult for him. Nothing is too impossible. He can change your situation in an instant. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can think, ask, or imagine. God is big. Expand your tent by expanding your perspective. The Bible says, enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Be stretched out. Type that in the comment section. Be stretched out. Listen, I do not enjoy stretching. I see it as an inconvenient task that has to be apparently be done before workout and after workout. I do not enjoy I see it as a waste of time. The reason I don't enjoy stretching is because I am not very flexible. In fact, I cannot cross my legs and sit. You know how people cross their legs? I cannot do that. It, my body just does not allow. I'm not that flexible. In primary school, I would sit at the end of the line and stretch my legs straight out because I could not cross my legs. I'm not flexible. But what you must understand is that what stretching does, it, it allows you to reach further. As you keep stretching your muscles and you keep stretching, you're able to touch your toes. The reason why I don't enjoy stretching is because there's that tension, that there's that pain and discomfort, that uncomfortable feeling that you feel when you stretch. I don't enjoy that feeling. It's probably why I don't stretch. Pray for me, somebody. But I believe that God uses the tension in our life, the discomfort, the pain, the trials and tribulations. He uses them to grow us, to stretch our faith, to stretch our capacity to love, to stretch our trust in Him, to stretch us so that we can reach further, so that we can impact people, so that we can understand what people go through. He uses the tension in life, the stretching to grow us. Be stretched out. And what you need to understand that there is a purpose in the stretching. It allows you to reach for, it allows you for God to birth something in you. So don't run away from the tension and the stretching. God is using it to help you to become more 
like him. Be stretched out. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Woo! Do not hold back. Listen, when it comes to walking and living a life with Jesus, we should strive for 100% commitment. 100% commitment. But there is something in all of us that would like to refrain, especially when we're taking risks and we're not sure about the future. We like to hold back. But when it comes to trusting God for your future, your plans and your purposes and the desires that you have for your heart, it's so easy to verbally say, I trust God with my future. But you give 80% and you leave 20% to yourself. You keep yourself from giving your full life, from surrendering completely to God, from being fully committed. Jesus encounters a rich young ruler. And this guy is bawling. I mean, he has the Lamborghini. uh, He has a house in Clifton. He is bawling. He is a wealthy young man. And he comes to Jesus and he says to him, Jesus, how can I get eternal life? Listen, I am good. I I have all the money in the world. I'm successful. I have houses all over the world. I have a private jet. I have a yacht. This is the Seth International version, okay? I'm just contextualizing it. I've got so many followers on Instagram. But how do I get eternal life? And, And Jesus says to him, listen, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And he asked him, have you done that? And the rich young girl is like, hey, listen, Jesus, I'm good for that. I've done that. I've lived a good life. I have done good deeds. All these things I've kept, that's what he said to Jesus. But how do I still have, how do I get eternal life, Jesus? And Jesus sees past this honorable, rich young ruler, sees past his deeds, and he asks him to sell all that he had, give to the poor, and he will have treasures in heaven, and then he can follow Jesus. And I believe that Jesus could tell that the rich young ruler had held back on his finances and not fully trusted God with it. The Bible says that the rich young ruler left sorrowful because he had Many possessions. But the fact is that the possessions had him. He was holding back because the things that he had been blessed with had begun to possess him. And so when Jesus saw straight through his heart and said, listen, let go of these things and then follow me, he could not do that. And hear me out, I'm not saying that wealth and money and possessions are a bad thing. No, the Bible actually says that God is happy we serve and prosperous. God wants to bless us, but not so that we can keep it to ourselves. He wants us to be a conduit of his blessings so that we can bless others, so that we can expand his kingdom with our resources. And I want to challenge you, don't allow the possessions to possess you. Allow God to use you as a conduit to bless others and expand his kingdom. Don't hold back. And that's why tithing is so important. As people of God, we've been challenged to give 10% of our income to God. 
The Bible says that when we bring 10% into God's storehouse so that the church can use it to expand the message of the gospel, what the Bible says, it says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be no room enough to store it. Don't hold back on God when it comes to your resources. And your time. God wants us to be fully surrendered to him. There's a story of a man named Elijah. Elijah was a powerful man used by God. And one day God told Elijah to find a man called Elisha to take over from his prophetic ministry. So when Elijah meets Elisha, Elisha is at his job. He's clocking his hours. He is plowing the field with his ox. He was working on his farm, plowing. That's probably how it helped him have an income. And he was doing this. And in 1 Kings verse 19, it says the following, 19 verse 21. So it said, So Elisha turned back from him, which was Elijah, and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people. And they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became servant Elisha dropped his business he dropped his nine to five he killed the oxes instead of selling them on OLX take a lot or Amazon he's like I am killing them and he fed people the food that came from the ox but what you must realize is that he was committed and I'm not saying that you should go and drop your job and your nine to five no I never said don't go tell your wife right now hey listen wife Seth say that I need to drop my job. No, this is just an illustration of the type of commitment that God wants in our lives. God has been challenged me lately with this. See, the Holy Spirit speaks to me through dreams and visions. And a few weeks ago, I had a very specific dream of encouragement to a businessman that I know. And the Holy Spirit was like, Seth, you need to tell this man about this dream. I just want you to encourage him. I want to use you to encourage him. And I was so trepidatious because imagine texting someone and say, hey, listen, I know you don't know me very well, but God gave me a dream about you. I mean, if someone sent me a text and said, hey, listen, I had a dream about you, I am blocking that number immediately. So I, I held back. Holy Spirit will keep telling me, Seth, you need to send this text. You need to tell him what I showed you in the dream. And I kept holding back because I was afraid of what that individual might think of me. I was afraid of the rejection. I was afraid of looking like I was stupid or this crazy guy. And I believe as Christians, fear is holding us back from being used by God. We're so afraid of what people might think, might say, might do to us, and that limits us from God using us. And I'll encourage you today, don't allow the fear of man, the fear of rejection, to hinder you from being used by God. I eventually had the courage to send the text. I think I waited like three weeks before I sent the text. I sent the text to him, and he said, Seth, you have no idea how I needed to hear this, how I needed to know that God is with me. Don't hold back from God using you to reach his people. What are you holding back from God that is hindering you from being used by God in an amazing way? Maybe like, it's a, like Elisha, it's time to burn some oxes. 
It's time to burn some things that are holding you back. It's time to maybe, I'm not saying burn your friends, okay? I never said that. I just think some of us need to let go of some friends that are holding us back from being used by God. Maybe you need to burn some shows that you're watching. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe you need to burn some shows that you be. There are some shows on TV that I have had to stop watching because of what it had begun doing to my mind. And you need to be conscious about those things. Burn those things. Burn anything that is holding you back from being used by God. What are you holding back from God? Don't hold back. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. When God tells you to lengthen your cords, it means He wants you to lengthen your reach. Wider tents require longer cords so that they can be held securely in place. Wider tents also accommodate more people. If you want a wider life, lengthen your cords. Lengthen your reach by not focusing on you and you alone. I think a lot of us have small tents because the person in the tent is you and you alone. Your issues, your concerns, your things that you're going through. And as a result, there's no room for anyone else other than yourself. I think a lot of people struggle with what I call short cord syndrome. SCS. Short cord syndrome. SCS is when a person lives in such a way that the tent of their life has very little room for others. This person has very few friends. They don't have strong relational ties with their family members. This person may not even be in a church or a spiritual family. And SCS may endure for a while, but wait until a gust of wind hits you. You may find yourself in a place where no one comes to your aid, where you don't have people that support you and hold you up. I've seen people with SCS, short code syndrome, burn every bridge in their life, burn every relationship. And what they do is that they've ostracized themselves from every relative, every friendship group, and they have never done the hard work of making and keeping friends. A person with short code syndrome, when afflicted, is usually alone and individuals like this are in denial they believe that their short cords are a result of other people and not themselves and i want to challenge you today you can be free from short cord syndrome how you can be free from this is having a vibrant and personal relationship with god when jesus comes into your life you are made brand new and he helps you and maybe the hurt that you've gone through from those friends and those relatives, he helps you by healing those wounds in your heart so that you can reach out and impact more people. Lengthen your cords by reaching out to loved ones and friends. Show love and concern. Call, send, text message, visit them, not in Corona season, hello, but just show that you care. I love this quote, it says, no one cares how much you know till they know how much you care. Lengthen your reach by reaching out to colleagues at work. Enlarge your circle of influence by lengthening your cords. And the way to influence people for Jesus is to expand your circle of concern. 
And there's never been a better time for the church of Jesus Christ to lengthen our cords by reaching out to a world that is hurting and desperate for hope. There's never been a better time. Never been a better time to help meet the needs of people because we are the church. The church is no longer a building. The church is a people. Where you go is where the church is. In your workplace, in your home, when you're at the gym, when you're at the shops, you are the church. You are a representative of God. You're a representative of Jesus and the kingdom. So lengthen your reach by reaching out to people. Lengthen your cords by reaching out and expanding your circle of concern. Strengthen your stakes. Stakes are what hold the tent together and give it its shape. You dig them deep into the ground so that the tent is stable and a stake acts as an anchor for the tent. If you lengthen your cords without strengthening your stake, the first wind that comes into your life will blow away your tent will blow away the tent and if we lengthen our cords without strengthening our stakes our tent will be tossed to and fro by the wind of life and once you lengthen your cords you must strengthen your stakes by driving them deeper into the bedrock of God's truth We've got to strengthen our stakes with God's truth which is found in His Word so that when the storms of life come, we are secured. We are secured. Jesus gives a parable of, of two men and He says, one man built his house on solid rock and when the wind and the waves came, the house did not move. But another man says the foolish man built his house on the sand and when the wind and the waves of life came his house crashed what Jesus was illustrating here is that our lives should be built on the bedrock of the Word of God that we should live according to the Word of God it's not just about listening or talking about the Word of God but by actually doing and living it out the stakes of our lives, the things that hold the tent of our lives should be built on God's word. And I want to ask you today, what stakes are holding the tent of your life right now? What stakes are holding the tent of your life? Are they strong enough to withstand the storms of life? Are they strong enough to hold you and anchor you? And what you must understand that a stake is anything in your life that is anchoring or holding your life together other than God. It could be a career. Maybe that's what you've anchored your tent, your life around, your career. And so when your career is succeeding, you're having the time, you're so happy, you're confident. But when your career is tanking, you become insecure and you're fearful and you're anxious. You have made the decision to make your career your anchor in your life. Maybe it could be drugs and alcohol. That's what's holding the tent of your life. Let's be honest. And so to keep this successful life, you use drugs and alcohol because that helps sustain you. 
It could be success and selfish ambition. And so you've slept your way up to the corporate ladder or you've bribed your way into securing deals. And that is what is securing your life. Your lack of integrity. That's what's securing your life. It could be pornography. Let's be real. Maybe you go to pornography to seek comfort. And that's what you've secured your life on. It could be money and the size of your bank account. It gives you confidence to know that you're a big baller. It gives you confidence to know that you've got money in different accounts and that you are secure. But however, when things don't go well, and you're not getting the money that you're used to and your business is not going well, you don't feel confident and you're fearful, you're anxious. That's the stake that's holding your life. A stake is anything in your life that is anchoring you, holding you together other than God. Strengthen your stakes by anchoring yourself in God's word. Don't hold on to any stakes that are temporary and fleeting. Build the tent of your life on the firm foundation of God's word and God's truth. Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8 says the following, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the water, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. When you're anchored in God's word, when you're anchored in God's truth, when your stakes are in God's word and in God's truth in your life, you will begin to birth and see fruit in your life. I titled my message today, The Blow Up. And what you must understand, the Urban Dictionary definition of someone who blows up is someone who has an instant rise to success. Instant rise to success. And what I'm challenging you with today is that for you to blow up in the things that God has for you, the plans and the purposes that God has for your life, you need to enlarge the place of your tent. And that requires that you expand your thinking, you expand your perspective of who God is in your life, you let go of limited thinking, you get outside of the tents that you might find yourself in. The second thing you need to do is you need to be stretched out. Let the tension help you to grow, growing your faith, growing your trust in God. Don't hold back. Let go and burn anything that is holding you back from being used by God. Lengthen your cords by reaching out and expanding your circle of concern. And finally, strengthen your stakes by being anchored in God's word and living in that truth. I want to pray for you today if you're saying, Seth, I want my life to blow up in the things of God. I want to have a purpose and I want to get the vision and the plan God has for me. I want to pray for you today. I just want to pray, God, for every single individual who's watching this. I pray that you would challenge them to enlarge their tent, that you challenge them to be stretched out, that you challenge them to let go of anything that they're holding back on and not being fully committed and fully surrendered to you. 
that you'd help them lengthen their cords, lengthen their reach by reaching out to people and loving them and showing concern. And finally, that you would strengthen their stakes by helping them cut out anything that they're holding on to in life that is not of you. And maybe today you're watching this and you've built your life on money, material possessions and power and they're not holding your life up and your life is crashing, you're feeling empty. And I believe that Jesus today is expanding your life. He's inviting you to expand your life by accepting Him. If that's you, maybe today is the day that you need to let go of some stakes that you've been holding on to. Things that are, things that you've anchored your life on, your career, success, money, fame. And those things are fleeting you. They're leaving you feeling empty. Maybe today is to make the decision to stake your life on God's word, to stake your life and have a place in eternity that's only found through Jesus. I want you to pray this simple prayer. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died for my sins and wrongdoing. Right now, I turn from my sins and open the door of my heart and life. I confess to you as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so excited that you made that decision. The Bible says that heaven is celebrating because a child of God has come into the kingdom. And we're celebrating with you. We want to celebrate. We want to connect with you. We want to help you to take those steps to seeing transformation in your life. So would you text the number below and text this word SAVED. Just text the number below on WhatsApp, wherever you might be, and text the word SAVED. Type in the comment section and one of our team members will connect with you this week to help you in living a transformed life. Take care and God bless. And remember to enlarge the place of your tent. Be stretched out. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Amen.